Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Monday, November 14th, and this is People Every Day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new week. Janine Rubenstein back with you again. We've got a lot to get to today, including the conversation and consternation surrounding Dave Chappelle's Saturday Night Live monologue, the season premiere for one of the biggest shows out there right now, Yellowstone, and the wedding of a former president's daughter. Like I said, a lot happening, so let's not waste any time and jump right in. News broke earlier today that legendary soap opera star John Aniston has died. Aniston, who is the father of Jennifer Aniston, was best known for his long-running portrayal of Victor Kyriakis on Days of Our Lives. In June, the elder Aniston was honored with a Daytime Emmy's Lifetime Achievement Award to celebrate his illustrious career in soaps. This morning, the Friends alum shared her father's passing on Instagram with a series of photos and a caption that read, Sweet Papa, John Anthony Aniston, you were one of the most beautiful humans I ever knew. I am so grateful that you went soaring into the heavens in peace and without pain. And on 11-11, no less, you always had perfect timing. That number will forever hold an even greater meaning for me now. I'll love you till the end of time. Early in Jennifer's career, even before her friend's fame, John shared what he thought made her invaluable to Hollywood. He told E! News back in 1990, quote, Jennifer is a natural talent. There are certain things you can learn in this business, and there are certain things you can't learn. The comic instinct that she has is unerring. That's her greatest asset. Along with Jennifer, John leaves behind his wife, Sherry Rooney, and their son, Alex Aniston. John Aniston was 89 years old. We have an update on the ongoing saga surrounding last year's fatal accident on the set of Rust. Actor and producer Alec Baldwin has filed a lawsuit over the October 2021 incident, alleging negligence of several of the film's crew members while seeking to, quote, clear his name. The lawsuit filed on Friday in Los Angeles Superior Court names the film's first assistant director, Armorer, ammunition supplier, and prop masters as defendants. As we all know, cinematographer Helena Hutchins died after a prop gun allegedly discharged during production of the film. Baldwin's cross-complaint comes after script supervisor Mamie Mitchell filed a civil suit last year accusing Baldwin of, quote, playing Russian roulette by pointing the revolver at Hutchins and accidentally shooting and killing her, along with injuring director Joel Souza. The attorney for the 30 Rock alum commented on the suit, saying that Baldwin, quote, has been wrongfully viewed as the perpetrator of this tragedy. Baldwin seeks to clear his name and hold cross-defendants accountable for their misconduct. Baldwin's cross-complaint says he has lost opportunities and been fired from jobs because of the shooting and also, quote, has suffered physically and emotionally from the grief caused by these events. Last month, members of the Hutchins family announced they had reached a settlement on another lawsuit against the actor and the Western's producers. The production team behind Rust is looking to restart the project in January of next year. I'm sure we will continue to hear more about this as we get closer to cameras rolling and production resuming. 
And now, let's head down to the Sunshine State, where none other than Tiffany Trump tied the knot at her father's famous country club. There was a lot of news coming out of the political world over the weekend. The Democrats retained control of the Senate. And on the other side of the political aisle, President Donald Trump's daughter, Tiffany, married Lebanese-American businessman Michael Boulos this past Saturday at Mar-a-Lago. The couple began dating in 2018 after meeting at Lindsay Lohan's club in Mykonos, Greece. And aside from the midterm elections, their nuptials come just days after Tropical Storm Nicole passed through Florida and three days before Donald Trump is expected to announce his candidacy for the 2024 presidential election. Despite all this, sources tell people that the wedding was, quote, a joyous family occasion and wasn't about politics. So joining me now to talk about everything we know is People's Executive Editorial Director, Charlotte Triggs. Hey, Charlotte, welcome back to the show. Hey, Janine, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Well, Tiffany's mom is Marla Maples, Donald Trump's second wife, and she told us exclusive details about this wedding, from the dress to the cake to why the couple chose to get married at Mar-a-Lago. So what did she share? On the one hand, we heard that Donald Trump was super mad about the fact that his his people didn't win their elections and was like, quote unquote, raging like a bull in the days following the election. But she said that as a family, they were focused on, quote, the sacred union and like having their friends and family there, but that they did use him for the traditional kind of like fatherly duty. So he walked her down the aisle. He did a father-daughter dance. And so by all accounts, he was able to control himself and be normal at the wedding and seemed happy enough. So this is all against a big backdrop of of politics, but they say that the wedding itself was not anything where anyone was talking about politics and that they wanted it to be at Mar-a-Lago because that was Tiffany's childhood home. So that was kind of special. And people may remember Marla and Donald Trump only got married after Tiffany was actually born. And she apparently loved the cake that her parents had at their wedding. And so they recreated the cake for her wedding. It was a, the original cake was a Sylvia Weinstock cake, which you remember, she was like the celebrity wedding cake baker. And she sadly died last year. But yeah, they recreated it. It was this like huge, epic, like tiered thing. And you may have seen from the photos, Janine, there's like the theme, the color scheme seems to be like pastels. It's almost very Kardashians in a way. These like huge arches of pastel roses, like blue and purple and peach colored roses. The gowns were kind of like all different pastel colors. I'm like, am I looking at a Kardashian birthday party? You know, like with the arches and stuff like that. And then you want to know what? That's actually probably Tiffany's scene. She was raised in Calabasas, right where they come from. Well, guys, if you haven't seen the photos yet, you can check them out on people.com. But all of the Trumps were there, right? And a few of them played important roles in the wedding. So we know Trump walked Tiffany down the aisle. Who else? So Marla Maples read a prayer during the ceremony. The Bouloses also were involved in the services. And Tiffany's close friends from childhood were there. They were her bridesmaids. Ivanka, it appears, was some sort of bridesmaid. It's a little hard to tell because we don't have like a picture of them all like lined up and they're not all wearing the same dresses. But she was there in a, you know, like a pale blue number. And the the neckline matched sort of the Marla Maples' mother of the bride look. According to sources, Marla and Tiffany have been super excited about this. Obviously, Tiffany spent most of her childhood with her mother. I interviewed them the year of the election, both of them. 
And it was really interesting what they had to say that her dad paid for her education, which obviously is super important. Not everybody gets that. And he's kind of been there and she sees him periodically. But Marla completely, completely raised Tiffany. And so Tiffany has always been a little bit a slight outsider of the family. She was there on stage the night he won the election, but she didn't have a role in the government the way that her siblings, some of them took on roles. And she has not been like as involved and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, they they kind of came together for this. And um, by all accounts, they, you know, it looks like they probably had a fun party. We have to talk about this groom as well. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a nod to him, right? Her wedding dress. So she chose an Ellie Saab gown because her husband is French Lebanese and Ellie Saab is a Lebanese designer. So her gown is like this like long sleeve, really sparkly. It's a statement look. But yes, it was not his heritage. And Marla actually described it as a Lebanese American wedding. I actually was at a Lebanese wedding one time and they sure do know how to throw a party. Probably a very on on par with what the Trumps expect, right? I want to talk about the politics a little bit more. Someone we know we will not expect to see on Donald Trump's potential running ticket, again, is Mike Pence. In a new interview, the former vice president is speaking out about the January 6th insurrection and is not shying away from blaming Donald Trump for everything that happened. I mean, the president's words were reckless. It was clear he decided to be part of the problem. So, wow, this is the first time we've heard him speak out like this. What else did he say? And, and why do we think he's speaking out now? Well, so he's got a memoir that's coming out, and this is promo for that. But I have been waiting to see what's in this book because this guy knows all the secrets. He was there. He was also the one who was distinctly asked to violate his constitutional duties and to declare that certify the election for Trump, which he was not even capable of doing. And I remember that day, January 6th, he released a statement being like, I do not have believe, having consulted all the lawyers, I don't think that I have any authority beyond blah, 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 blah. And he did what he was supposed to do, which was to certify the election. He's, you know, in a very unique position because it's like he was at once part of the administration, worked for Trump, but Trump publicly turned on him and like sicked the crowds on him, basically. Trump didn't say this himself, of course, but like they all were saying like to hang him and stuff. And God only knows what could have happened that day if the Capitol Police and like, you know, all of the National Guards have hadn't gotten things under control. It's fascinating to look at the Republicans who took a stand against Trump and to see what's happened to their career. And by and large, most of them have been voted out of office or have gone to oblivion, obscurity out of choice, like retiring or whatever. We had a gallery on our site about the Republicans who voted to impeach. They're literally all gone. It's just a weird moment in time where it's like, if you if you did your constitutional duty and you were a Republican, you crossed him, that was career suicide. That was it. Sounds like it goes there. It's called So Help Me God. What a title. And for more on this story, you guys, and Tiffany Trump's wedding that was totally not political at all, head to people.com right now. Charlotte, it's always so great to have you on. Thanks for stopping by to break it all down with me. Thanks so much, Janine. Last night was the season five debut of one of the most talked about shows out there right now. Yellowstone. Coming up, we get into the premiere, what fans can expect this season, and what to make of the spin-off series starring Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren called 1923. But first, comedian Dave Chappelle hosted Saturday Night Live this weekend. In his opening monologue, Chappelle addressed the recent anti-Semitic controversies surrounding rapper and mogul Kanye West and Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving. After the break, we get into the backlash surrounding Chappelle's comments. We'll be right back. 
Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Early in my career, I learned that there are two words in the English language that you should never say together in sequence. And those words are the and juice. We are back, and that was Dave Chappelle. Chappelle returned to Studio 8H at 30 Rock to host Saturday Night Live. And as you just heard in his opening monologue, the longtime comedian addressed the recent controversy surrounding Kanye West's anti-Semitic comments. Chappelle made light of West getting dropped by Adidas. Kanye's gotten into some scrapes before. Normally when, he, when he's in trouble, I pull up. I pull up immediately. But this time I was like, you know what? Uh, let me see what's going to happen first. Let's see. <laughs> this time he was on one. He was mad about something. He said, I can say anti-Semitic things and Adidas can't drop me. Now what? Adidas dropped that immediately. The SNL host also talked about NBA star Kyrie Irving tweeting out a link to an anti-Semitic film. Chappelle didn't outright condemn Irving and West's recent actions and ruffled some feathers when he made comments like this. Well, I've been to Hollywood. No one's y'all to get mad at me. I'm just telling you, I've been in Hollywood. This was just what I saw. It's a lot of juice. <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> but that didn't mean anything. You know what I mean? There's a lot of black people in Ferguson, Missouri. That mean we run the place. It was remarks like that that drew the ire of Jonathan Greenblatt, the national director of the Anti-Defamation League, who tweeted out, We shouldn't expect Dave Chappelle to serve as society's moral compass, but disturbing to see NBC SNL not just normalize but popularize anti-Semitism. Why are Jewish sensitivities denied or diminished at almost every turn? Why does our trauma trigger applause? Chappelle has previously been criticized for his 2021 Netflix special, The Closer, where he made several jokes that targeted the LGBTQ plus community, particularly transgender people. Members of the LGBTQ plus community and advocacy groups spoke out in response as hundreds of Netflix employees walked out of work in protest following its release. Having watched the monologue for myself, he definitely doesn't support the hurtful comments and actions of Kyrie and Kanye, but it also doesn't feel like a conversation that was missing the opinions and thoughts of Dave Chappelle. Many across the country were transported back to the beautiful landscape of Paradise Valley in Montana last night as the two-hour season premiere of Yellowstone became the must-watch television event of the season. Now we are going to do our best to not spoil too much here for you, but also 
spoiler alert, you know, just in case. Uh, Kevin Costner is back now as the governor of the state of Montana. And as the family dynamics of the Duttons come to a head, fans were all on the edge of their couches waiting for the next gut punch and jaw-dropping moment. Here to discuss with us the biggest water cooler moment of fall TV so far is People's Editor-at-Large, Julie Jordan. Julie, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Janine. Well, let's dive in. The Duttons, since the beginning, are a ranch family trying to preserve land that has been in their family for the last 100 years and to keep Montana and its landscape pure and undeveloped by outsiders. It has been a fight that we have watched play out for four seasons now. And last night, we saw them heavily enter the political landscape. And I just need to know, like, what do you think about the direction this story is taking? Do you think the audience is here for it or are they going to miss, you know, being out on on the ranch. Fortunately, we get to see both worlds. This is really amazing, I think, to see John try his best to marry the idea of being governor to the state he loves and taking care of this ranch, which he is focused on. So it's really fun to see this dynamic go on between Linnell, who, of course, now is in the Senate. She's going to help him. She's going to teach him the ropes, try to get him to play the game. But this is a man who doesn't like playing games. And When push comes to shove, he's going to take matters into his own hands, and that's what we're waiting for. He's obviously got all the developers coming after him because they want to build the airport, they want to build the hotel, the casino, you name it. And these guys fight dirty. I mean, they're the reason all the Duttons suffered so tragically last season when Beth almost got killed in an explosion and they all went after them. I mean, John was on the road dying, we thought. We didn't even know because they were that intent on making what they, you know, see as the new future of Montana actually happen. And it's going to be a lot of fun because you know what the fights are going to be so intense. Probably just as much between family members as the developers and the family. But that's why we're watching. Well, speaking of dysfunction, sibling rivalry. Beth and Jamie Dutton's sibling relationship is complicated, to say the least. There was a specific moment in the premiere that people can't stop talking about. This isn't a spoiler. It's everywhere, guys. It's where Beth played by the brilliant Kelly Riley, flexes her power over Jamie, played by Wes Bentley, and makes him understand that although he is not in a physical prison, he is in her prison. Why do you think we are all just drawn to the relationship between these two? I think it's because it's really hard to pick sides. Even though Jamie has his faults, people feel sorry for him. There's some empathy for him because obviously he's the black sheep of the family. You've got Beth who takes matters into her own hands, which people love, but she can be vicious. So trying to decide who you're rooting for between these two is really difficult. Beth last night, I mean, she's obviously... She hates him. She thinks the world would be better off if he were not alive. He knows this. She has him in a corner. And, you know, she has a picture of him disposing of his biological dad's body when he had no choice but to shoot his dad last season. There's nothing he can do. And so he is going to try to find alliances and probably with the developers, try to make friends to be able to get Beth off of his back and put her in her place because he doesn't think he did anything wrong. In his eyes, even though last season we saw through the past that she had gone in for an abortion because she had gotten pregnant by Rip's, Rip had gotten her pregnant, and then Jamie allowed them to give her a hysterectomy because that's what happened at this clinic that he took her to. Anyway, 
he sees himself as no fault. He didn't, he thought that was the best thing for her. He thought he was taking care of her. She sees him as robbing her of this future, this, you know, motherhood, the child that she wanted to someday give Rip, even though she couldn't at the time. And it's it's going to come to a head at some point before this series ends. And it will be something that generations of TV fans will be talking about because I think they're both going to kill each other. That's the only thing I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, God. So so what do you think worked for the season premiere specifically? I love that we got to see more new characters. Lainey Wilson, she just had a big week with her CMA wins, and they introduced her as a singer who's going to have a storyline, which is great. Um, Don Olivieri, she is a businesswoman that's been brought in by the developers to kind of ha- go head-to-head with Beth. And just from what we saw last night, she's <laughs> they are she's going to bring it all. And then I love, especially we're seeing the actors for Tate and Carter, who are the sons on the shows, respectively. They're growing up and they look older. And they even wrote it into the storyline last night when John Dutton came back that he saw Carter and he said, stop eating the fertilizer because you're growing up too fast. It's making me realize I'm old. <laughs> I'm not going to be here that much longer. 1923 is the newest installment of prequels to the Yellowstone franchise for Paramount+. And it's starring Helen Mirren and and Harrison Ford. Audiences got a glimpse last night of the trailer during the two-hour premiere. So what can we expect from 1923? Sure. So for those who don't know, and I had to look it up, okay, 1883, you know, that starred Tim McGraw and Faith Hill as James and Margaret Dutton. So this is Harrison Ford starring as Jacob Dutton and Helen Mirren as Kara. Jacob is basically Tim McGraw's brother. So Tim McGraw's James, James and Jacob were brothers. So he takes over from Tim McGraw as the patriarch of the family. So you'll see them kind of working the family farm in Montana. This is the same land that John Dutton in our Yellowstone is trying to keep and trying to protect. And there's so many challenges. I mean, they're going to go through a pandemic. They have a drought. It's the end of prohibition. It's the Great Depression. You're going to see all that. There's a lot of physical battles. You know the emotions is going to be there. But like you said, Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren, how are you not going to watch that? It's going to be like a movie. We're so excited. And there are a few shows like this one that come along and just unite people. Like, it feels like everyone's watching. There's like Friends, Game of Thrones, and now Yellowstone. So why do you think this show is kind of like bringing people and emerging watchers across the aisle, I guess? There's something special about waiting every week. And because this show has really brought together family, friends, you watch it together, you talk about it afterwards, you sit down with your family and you watch it. Maybe you go, oh my gosh, this family is so screwed up. Thank God, even with our defunction, we're mildly normal <laughs> despite everything. You know, you love them. And this they show unequivocally that this that family is everything and throughout it all blood is thick and bonds are tight and strong and no matter what you'll be there for each other even in the desperate dark times so fun julie thank you so much for being here of course janine see you soon Guys, the holidays are right around the corner. The days keep getting shorter and shorter. And I know this time of year can really take a toll on your mental well-being, right? So I wanted to end the show on a positive note. I mean, Mondays are bad enough, right? So if you find yourself feeling stressed today about making those end-of-year travel plans or find yourself in need of some extra sunshine, just remember... Over the weekend, Kenny Ortega, the director of Disney's OG 
High School Musical shared a photo from a Wildcat reunion. While gathered at the Dream It convention in Paris, Ortega shared a photo to Instagram featuring the film's former cast members, including stars like Lucas Grabeel of Vanessa Hudgens, Corbin Blue, and Bart Johnson. Johnson, who played coach Jack Bolton, father of Zac Efron's Troy Bolton, replied in the comment section, back with my Wildcat family. Earlier this year, Disney announced that several of the beloved Wildcats will be returning to East High for the fourth season of Disney Plus's high school musical, The Musical, The Series. The new season will follow the characters as they return to East High for their senior year, only to find out that the school is being used to film the long-awaited High School Musical 4, the reunion movie, and they'll all be playing featured extras. It's so meta on meta, guys. I can't with this show, but I totally can. While there's no official word, if the stars who portrayed the original film's power couple, Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens, will get back in the game or stick to the status quo. Fans are hopeful for a reunion. I mean, who wouldn't want to see Troy Bolton and Gabriela Montez sing their famous duet one more time? And on that note, literally, that is our show for today. Thanks for kicking off this week with us, and I'll chat with you again tomorrow, right here on People Every Day. 